Welcome to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we are further going to look at a dinosaur in Minute number 21. Brady, how are you doing this morning? Doing good. How about you? I'm pretty good, man. It's a Tuesday here. We're, uh, you know, marching forward to the end of Ghostbusters Minute. Jurassic Park Minute continues to choke forward. Got a long way to go with this show, and it's been a lot of fun so far. Continues to be fun. I'm glad we're actually getting to see some dinosaurs now, though. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. Uh, We're able to see CGI, the you know, the, for the first time, really, really, really shown in all its glory. Yeah. Well, hey, do you want to go ahead and get on to the minute? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, we got to see a dinosaur for the first time. Grant and Ellie had jumped out of the Jeep after seeing a Brachiosaurus. At minute number 21, Grant and Ellie walk closer to the Brachiosaurus as they continue to understand what they are seeing. As they walk along, staring up at the towering sauropod, Grant points up. At 2110, Grant says, It's a dinosaur. Ellie agrees. At 2112, we cut to a shot of John Hammond laughing at Grant and Ellie's sense of discovery. Ian Malcolm looks at the dinosaur and says, You did it. Crazy son of a bitch, you did it. The Jeep driver slowly turns and looks at him. At 2120, we cut to another shot of Grant and Ellie walking and looking at the dinosaur. Grant says, We could tear up the rule book on cold-bloodedness. It doesn't apply. They were totally wrong. This is a warm-blooded creature. Ellie notes that it doesn't live in a swamp. Grant remarks that it has a 25 to 27 foot long neck. The Brachiosaurus takes a bite off of a branch as John Hammond remarks that its neck is 30 feet long. At 2134, the Brachiosaurus lets out a long bellow and stands up on its hind legs to reach a tall branch. After a few seconds of snapping the branch, it drops back to all fours as the earth rumbles under its weight. At 2147, we cut back to a shot of Gennaro sitting in his Jeep as he notes that they are going to make a fortune on this place. At 2157, Grant asks how fast they are. Hammond responds that they clock the T-Rex at 32 miles an hour. And thus ends minute number 21 of Jurassic Park Minute. You know, we were talking a little bit about CGI in the previous uh, episode, but CGI was not actually their first choice to show the dinosaurs here in Jurassic Park. At first, they were going to go with kind of a stop-motion type animation yeah. right yeah they were gonna go for stop motion animation which you had seen since the beginning of film i mean it's you know it's it's ironic that uh we're talking about stop motion animation and one of the first things that comes to first things that come to mind is uh king kong the king original kong, king yeah. kong and the fact that when people saw that some people actually thought they were seeing real real animals right yeah yeah so it's uh it's interesting how that kind of stuff has evolved and with jurassic park you kind of saw it evolve or at least come to almost a full stop yeah, I think when I was growing up, one of my favorite movies, I was huge into mythology, and I loved Jason and the Argonauts, uh, and I loved uh, all all those movies. Oh, what was the one with the little, um, was it Jason and the Argonauts? Uh, with the, Jason and the Argonauts had the skeletons. I know what you're talking Clash about. Clash of the Titans. Clash of the That's Titans. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yes, loved Clash of the Titans, loved Jason and the Argonauts, and of course those had like the Ray Harryhausen stop motion animation that was so awesome. You know, Bebo, the little uh, mechanical owl that uh, Artemis had used to send down to whoever it was. Uh, I, it's not Jason. God, I can't I remember. Perseus. It was Perseus. Okay. Who had the little little owl. Anyway, and then the Kraken and all this stuff. It was very, very cool for its day and very cool for a child that didn't know any better, you know, before CGI came along. But uh, before they actually decided to use CG in this movie, they, you know, the prevailing uh, technology at the time was still stop motion animation up until that point. It had gotten really, really, really good with uh, Phil Tippett's go motion animation, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, from the start, the plan to uh, see dinosaurs when they weren't going to be, um, you know, live animatronics was going to be through stop motion animation. And there are actually some uh, clips out there on YouTube which show kind of the uh, crude um, preliminary tests that they were going to use, and then some of the actual final stuff. Well, 
they needed to really use um, a type of technology that was going to give the motion of the dinosaurs a sort of blur. Whenever you see animals or objects moving in the stop motion form, there's never an actual blur that you would see if you were actually looking at it with your own eyes. It's always a little too pristine, a little too perfect. And to make it that much more realistic, they had to give the motion blur to these things. So Phil Tippett had actually gone out and perfected this uh, motion blur technology with Go Motion. So it was right around that time that uh, Dennis Murin of Industrial Light and Magic came to Steven Spielberg and said, listen, I really think the direction we need to go with this film is through computer-generated images, CGI. And they were going to, you know, he went out and did uh, some field tests with it and proved that that was definitely the way they were going to go. And Spielberg decided that he was just going to have to break the news to Phil Tippett that uh, they were going to be going in that direction. But Phil Tippett and his crew... uh, had really kind of come to understand how dinosaurs were going to be moving more so than, let's say, the guys uh, who were behind the CG elements did. So Phil Tippett did stay on board and help with the creation of the dinosaurs through what he had already learned with his GoMotion technology. And uh, the combination of him and Dennis Murin's teams coming together uh, is what gives you the final product in the film. I I don't think the CG dinosaurs would have worked without Phil Tippett's involvement in it. So it's not like uh, he left the picture completely. Um, he stayed on, and the teams kind of came together and, and gave you what you get in the, in the film. Awesome. Yeah. So you think the right decision was made to go with uh, CG over? Yeah, I really do. And if you look at some of the tests nowadays, it looks a little bit dated. It still looks very impressive considering um, that it was stop-motion animation. Because yeah. with that motion blur, it's I, I, I don't know, man. I think it looks pretty convincing. I really do. But uh, I, I do think that they needed to go CG because of how realistic it looks. And just film needed to really start yeah. going in that Somebody direction. Somebody had to push the, yeah. the, push the ceiling up on this whole thing. And, uh, you know, it took a while for... I, I think all the stuff in Jurassic Park looked really good because they knew the limits of the technology. And they didn't try to push it too far. The same way that the 3D in Avatar worked so well because I think that Jim Cameron knew what was... What worked and what didn't, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I think CG was definitely the way to go in this. So, uh, But Grant has a, has a funny line in this where he starts talking about how the, um, how the Brachiosaurus was actually warm-blooded and not cold-blooded because mm-hmm. actually seeing in that size, apparently it has something to do with the heart of the dinosaur, of the, of the beast, if you will. <laughs> if it, yeah. uh, its heart wouldn't be able to pump cold blood uh, across the whole thing. That's so right. th- it's kind of, I think this has come out maybe a little bit before Jurassic Park came out. There was actually kind of a watershed moment in, in, uh, in paleontology and the uh, kind of uh, studies of dinosaurs that, you know, that's a little bit prior to this is when you started hearing people talk about dinosaurs were actually evolving into birds instead of being wiped out yeah. by a cataclysm. And also the idea that some of them might've actually been warm blooded Brachiosaurus included in that. So mm-hmm. that's a little throwaway line he has, but that was kind of the prevailing idea when Jurassic park came out was that people started to discover that, wait a minute, this thing's heart couldn't pump blood like that. So it had to be more yeah. blooded. So it's neat that Grant is making certain observations as the film goes along. He has how... evidence to back up his theories. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it's kind of funny though. He says, Hey, we're out of a job. This thing's here now, much like stop motion animation guys, out of the job at that Completely. point too. So, yeah. It's ironic. <laughs> well, the cool thing about that is if you're a guy who has developed Go Motion and has worked in something like that, it's probably a good idea, if, uh, w- uh, a good way for you to transform over into 
uh, the head of a crew that works on CGI, because you probably know more about motion and shadow and, and things like that than oh, anybody yeah. else. So it's yeah, like, you're going to know stuff that they're not going to know. So it's out of one job into another one, basically. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So. And uh, Phil Tippett actually came back on board for Jurassic World and helped yeah. there in, uh, in a large way. So um, he's a really interesting guy. I, I always enjoy hearing like interviews with him and all of his experience because I mean he's worked on everything from like yeah. the Star Wars films to I don't know if you've ever seen Dragon Slayer. Love it. Yeah, Peter McNichol. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yanosh. Yeah, and um, the Indiana Jones film. So he's he's got a, just a lot of awesome work. It, all throughout the 80s, you would see stop motion really kind of being perfected. And uh, I don't know, it's always cool to see stuff like that, especially in the Star Wars films. And then here we are in 1993, and you it's kind of obliterated at yeah. that moment. Very, very cool. All right, we got anything else for this minute? No, that's it. Me either. All right, well, it's been a really fun day, folks. Join us back again for minute number 22 tomorrow. We will continue to talk about Brachiosaurus and T-Rex and all that other stuff. Well, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute.